Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Jeremy Scott Fitness Podcast Radio Show. Coming to you on this Friday, November the 20th, 2020. Hopefully, it finds you staying safe and staying sweaty wherever you may be at. So, today, we are doing an episode titled, Four Tips for Better Leadership. Coming from my homie, Patrick Rigsby here. We're going to tie this to basically everything, but uh, obviously if you work in an organization, in a company, which obviously most people do, uh, if you're an entrepreneur, run a big business, small business, I'm going to make this specific too because that is the world that uh, I'm familiar with and I know, but I think this can be beneficial to anybody uh, if you ever plan on you know, being a leader in any capacity, which at some point all of us are, whether we like to uh, Realize it or not, you are a leader and you are an expert, even if that's just to the people in your household or uh, the people in your small circle. At some point, you may be called on to lead, and I think this can be beneficial for basically everybody. But before I jump into today's episode, reminder, this podcast is brought to you by my homies over at Beam CBD. It is the only CBD product that I take. It is 100% THC-free, so it will not make you high you got to go somewhere else for that. Even though they are legalizing weed in the great state of Arizona, it is not legal yet, and this product is free of that. So if you're worried about taking a drug test and failing, you will not, my friends. These guys provide CBD to the Boston uh, Police and Fire Department, to the Boston Bruins. So uh, there's a lot riding on them, keeping it free of uh, popping you in a drug test. But Uh, I take the Dream product to sleep. It has a melatonin and a theanine in it, as well as the 20 milligrams of CBD. I also like the Tincture product. I think it's great. Uh, I do take it at night. They can say you can take it anytime for anxiety. Some people say with migraines. Obviously, there are studies all across the board. My wife takes uh, the balm too and rubs it on soft tissue. So if you guys are interested, I can hook you up with 20% off any of their products Always and forever. Just hit me up for the link. I believe it's beamtlc.com. And then if you put in the code Jeremy Scott, it should always save you 20%. But I can hook you guys up with the link directly uh, and the code. And I believe right now still in-house we have some of the Dream uh, capsules. It comes in a powder and a capsule. I'm happy to have Monica send you guys the caps just to try if you're really on the fence and see how it does help you sleep. For me personally, I find it helps me stay asleep which is ideal, especially in the crazy world that we're living in with all the things that are going on. Getting a good, restful night's sleep, I think, is more important than ever. Not just for sound mind uh, and body, but your immune system as well. And so if you guys are interested, hit me up. I think in our newsletter, we're going to have a crazy like a Black Friday sale with them as well. So be on the lookout. That'll come next Friday the 27th. But if you want it before that, hit me up. I'll hook you guys up with the only CBD product that I take. Now, on to today's uh, podcast, if we're talking about four tips for better leadership, and whether I like it or not, I believe I am a leader here, because it's Jeremy Scott Fitness, and I am Jeremy Scott, and so whether I like it or not, I have to lead from the front and try to set an example for everybody who is here. And before I dig in uh, real deep on that, I just want to touch on some of the small business stuff. Now, uh, I posted the other day uh, on Instagram, I found this great a uh, little note that was written, and I quote, it says, remember, all the local small businesses that you've asked for years and years to donate and sponsor your sports clubs, school events, and organizations, they're calling in a favor, answer the call, end quote. I posted that image 
And then I went on to write, you know, this post is not about Jeremy Scott Fitness. Don't worry, I'll be around long after this weird season of life has passed. But sadly, many other small businesses out there in my community and yours will not be. I personally believe small business is the backbone of our country, always has been and always will be. Everyone is impacted in some way by small business, whether you realize it or not. Admittedly, I'm biased in my views owning and running a small business in America for over 10 years now. With that said, I have not been a fan of seeing so many small businesses being forced to close, suffer and sacrifice while other giant corporations and big box chains get labeled as quote unquote essential and are allowed to just stay open and operate. In my opinion, labeling someone's business and honestly their life's work is not essential is wrong to put it politely. And if I'm being completely transparent in the podcast, it's fucking bullshit to be real with you. And small business isn't just a nine to five for many people who take the risk of entrepreneurship in their life. Small business is a way of life for them. It is very personal and every team member matters. Uh, Each member strives for success and celebrates the business's victories as if they were their own. And every small business you walk into is somebody's dream. And for a vast majority, I can promise you they've poured their heart and soul and every ounce of their energy to deliver you the best experience possible. So during what seems to be a never-ending season of life where certain states and cities have vilified various industries of small business, please show them your support in any way possible. Um, It means more than you'll ever realize. And that's basically what I posted. And for the most part, people were, you know, pretty... uh, positive with the feedback obviously it's the internet and you can't uh win the internet some people thought i was a complete piece of shit for uh for posting that and when if that's what you took from that you missed the point and i'm sorry if you don't hear that for what it is i'm not saying come support me i'm not saying come buy all my stuff i'm gonna be all right like i figured it out this far uh and we're nine months into this i'm gonna be okay uh, has it been fun? No. Has it been painful? Yes. Has it been stressful? Yes. Uh, have I lost a lot of money that I would have made? 100%. Am I still, you know, uh, not even close to projected revenue? Yes. Uh, I'm going to eat shit probably for the next year. And that fucking sucks, man. But it's not about me. It's about the mom and pop places that aren't going to make it, that are hanging on by a thread right now. They're on life support. And in a lot of cities and states, we're told that they just had to shut down. And uh, I don't believe it's right. I really don't. And I'm going to read a story here in a second. But I want to spit off something that Dan Price uh, had shared on Instagram. And you can follow his stuff. It's at Dan Price Seattle. And uh, he posted this about 17 hours ago or so. And uh, And again, I'm not vilifying big business. I'm not feeling fine giant corporation to think in America, if you want to be as big and as rich as you want, you should have the right to do that. I'm not against the Amazons. I'm not against the, the, the Microsofts and the Lowe's and the targets and the Walmarts. I think those, those places should be allowed to exist, but you can't close down the mom and pop places and allow these other guys to just freely do whatever the fuck they want because they, they make more money. That is not right. You can't close a small business right next to a Costco where 5,000 people walk in a day. That's complete bullshit. And Dan Price goes on to just share some stats. Amazon, profits up 100%. Walmart, profits up 80%. Target, profits up 80%. Lowe's, 
profits up 74%. Microsoft, Facebook, Apple, Google, stock at record highs. Small businesses, however, 21% closed. Revenue for the rest, down 30%. And they're going to be extinct in the lockdown shit without help. Again, I need to say this for everybody. I'm not against the big dudes. I think it's great. I think they should be allowed to operate. But so should the small people. I don't understand like why we're vilifying certain industries not based off science, just throwing random shit out there and making these people suffer. For what? And again, I don't have an answer to all this. Nobody does, clearly, because it's been uh, mismanaged like such a shit show. But uh, it's tough to see um, the rich get richer, if you will. Uh, I think you're witnessing some of the biggest transfers of wealth that you're going to ever see in your in your lifetime or in probably the next 100 years. And if it could all be on an even playing field, I'm cool with that. But I've said it before, I would, I would drive here and I would be closed. And yet you could go to Lowe's and Home Depot and the Targets and the Walmarts and that nobody temp checked you. Nobody wiped down the stuff that you put in there. Nobody made you get a reservation to walk in and they could fill the Costco's with 600 people at a time. And distance if you can, but really no one's there to enforce it and it really doesn't matter. Yet, I couldn't have came in here in my 3,000 square foot facility, wore a mask with one other person and trained them 15 feet away because somehow that was dangerous. That's complete bullshit. And I don't want to get off topic here because I'm going to get really just riled up because this is important to me and it matters. But when people are like, well, you know, we really care about health. We do. Then why the fuck are we still selling cigarettes? Explain it to me. If we really care about health, we really value human life and we're, we don't we don't want deaths to happen and we want to keep people healthy and uh, we don't want to do things that are bad for the healthcare system, why in the world are we still selling fucking cigarettes? What benefit does that have? I can hear arguments for everything across the board. Please tell me what benefit that has. And if we really care about health, right? We really care about human life. And we know heart disease kills somebody every 36 seconds in America. That's a real stat. 400,000 plus people a year die in America every year from heart disease. We don't talk about it in the news. We don't report the daily numbers. We don't share anything about it. And yet knowing it kills a person about every half minute, do we regulate what people can buy at the grocery store? Do we restrict them from being able to buy seven bags of Doritos, 10 pints of ice cream, drinking 30 beers? and then smoking a pack of cigarettes on top of that. But yet we value health, right? We want to keep everybody safe. If we really believe that, then why are we not doing it across the board when there's bigger problems staring us in the face? Just food for thought, everybody. Again, I'm just an idiot gorilla in a warehouse. All these decisions are way above my pay grade. It would be terrible to be somebody in a political position. I don't think that's a fun job. But clearly... What we're saying and our actions don't match up. It's like saying you want to be super fit, but you drink booze and you eat shit all day. You don't want to be super fit. You say one thing, but you're doing another. So if we really value people being healthy, and we know statistically that you know fitness facilities are not these hot spots of, of spreading disease, but we know people being stuck at home are, and they're doing their you know at-home parties and communities and those things, why would we stick people at home and tell them they can't go exercise, but yet they can eat and drink and, and smoke as much as they want? 
I'm just I'm throwing that out there for anybody. If, if someone has a really good answer for me, um, I'd be happy to hear it. I've had this conversation with no less than 10 physicians who come here, and uh, we all are, are basically in agreement that uh, some things just aren't matching up here. And so before I get super uh, off topic and crazy, I just want to read this story that came into my uh, my Instagram DMs from my Instagram post the other day about supporting small business. And uh, the message goes like this, and I quote, Good morning. Thank you again for the post that you shared. I'm a huge fan of Jeremy Scott Fitness. I managed to open up my own fitness studio just four months prior to being forced to shut down. Not sure how much longer I can ride this out before having to close my doors permanently. Everything you said hit home, especially about every business you walk into is someone's dream. My studio is everything to me. I managed a health club for 22 years before taking the chance and opening my own studio. I poured every cent and used every credit I had. Watching your dreams and all your hard work just crumble for no reason of your own is just heartbreaking. The gravity of this is so hard to explain to others, so I don't. So thank you for your support and also for all the amazing content that you shared and has motivated me and helped me and my business so much. We need to show our love and appreciation for one another more often. And this is uh, storm slash uh, under storm underscore nation three uh, on Instagram. And first, I thank you uh, for writing that. I'm sure it was not easy to uh, to write. And I can imagine how gut wrenching it is to, to to pour every ounce of your being into something and every dollar you had into it to be, in my opinion, unfairly um, forced to stay closed and shut for the quote-unquote greater good while all these other places are allowed to just you know freely open their businesses which are bigger have less control and in my opinion are just as you know unsafe as anywhere else is yet we're vilifying these really small places who are operating you know on on paper thin margins most of the time and it's their life and uh, it's really sad to see so i i'm not saying this don't feel bad for me again i'm going to be here no matter what uh, but I know if it's stressful and, and painful for me, not in this moment today, but through the course of this year, for sure, with the uncertainty, wondering when the other shoe is going to drop, seeing how much bullshit uh, you're going to have to put up with and how much, you know, you can still take and, and keep waking up and keep going. Uh, if I have felt that even for a couple of days this year, I know the people who are not me and not in my same financial situation and don't have the reach I have and the audience I have and the revenue streams I have. It has to be a frightening, super stressful time. And it, it is, it makes me sick uh, to think about it and to hear, you know, the other day, Hey, if you got a gym in Michigan, it's closed. If you got a gym in Minnesota, it's closed for at least another month after they've been already closed for five or six months. And it's the warmest there it is right now is 30 degrees. What, what is their option? to pray people stay and pay them for online workouts. I mean, it's, it's really tough, man. I don't, um, I'm hopeful that, uh, you know, more and more, uh, statistics come out and more and more decisions are based on data and we can look at everything and not make just these rash decisions, uh, and really, you know, for lack of a better term, fuck people, um, out of all the hard work and the good that they do. It's just, uh, it's not cool to see, man, and it's super frustrating. And again, I'm not telling you guys what to do. 
I'm not saying I have an answer for everything, but I know uh, allowing certain things to be called essential and certain things to be, you know, not essential. Uh, those aren't decisions that uh, uh, people can make unless they're really in touch with everything that goes on across the board. And very few people uh, in leadership and politics are, are equipped to do that. So I digress. I got to get this going. I guess I got to work out and get home, but uh, it's real to me. I, I, I just, I, um, I don't know, man. It's just, it's really, it's frustrating. Uh, it's frustrating to see. So without delay, the four tips for, uh, for better leadership from my homie, Pat Rigsby, who Pat has helped me a lot in my business, uh, over the last, uh, you know, six or seven years. I wouldn't, uh, be here without him. Always gives very sound advice. And this was a great piece I thought would help all of you guys, whether you run a business or not, it's really, uh, irrelevant because I think leadership is a, is a skill everybody needs. And, uh, you know, leadership, you can't, uh, you can't avoid it. Uh, obviously no entrepreneur can. And that's because ultimately, you know, it's your business. And I also think it's your body. It's your life. It's your household. It's your finances. It's your education. It's your mind. You are the leader of everything you choose to do because you're steering the ship. You're choosing the course. You're making the final calls. And that's an awesome responsibility. Sometimes scary, for sure. But, uh, you know, you're the ultimate decision maker. And those decisions can help you make a huge impact on not only your success, but the success of the people you work with. And that goes for any parent out there, any brother, any sister, anybody who's a coach, anybody who's part of a team, you're a manager. It's your success, but it's also the success of others. But most important for us, you know, it's the, it's preparing you for this unique leadership role when you start to see things differently than just kind of following what everybody else does. Because when you do something for the first time, when you go out on your own and start your own business, right, for example, you get thrown into the deep end. And I think that I don't have kids, but I imagine when you're a parent, they give you a kid and they send you on your way. And they're like, you're like, fuck it, bro. Sink or swim, right? It's um, you're forced to find your way without much experience uh, or knowledge on, on how to effectively lead. And uh, I didn't know anything when I first started. I did everything wrong before I did anything right. And I still make a lot of mistakes. But, uh, I'm, you know, as I know better, I do better. And I try to give you guys, you know, the best information I can possible. Even when the podcast from episode one till today, I try to deliver as much value as humanly possible. And I think the most important thing is you learn by doing every single day in the field, in the trenches, day in and day out. That's why... You know, before I ever did anything online successfully, I did it here in-house in person. I, I'm a believer, especially in fitness. You can't be a great online coach if you've never been a great in-person coach. You can't be a great coach of people across the world, across different ages and, and sexes with different goals if you've never done it in person. And over time, I've absorbed, you know, some core principles about leadership um, that have helped me to this day. And I think they can do the same for all of you. So the first thing, number one, the golden rule still works. Just treat people the way you want to be treated. And think about what motivated you to over-deliver over the years. And uh, I'm willing to bet a positive approach backed up with genuine interest in your success gave you the confidence you needed to grow and become the successful person you are today. 
And that'll do the same thing for your clients and your staff and your friends and your family. You just treat people the way that you want to be treated or even better if you can. And I think that goes great for a marriage, um, any partnership, if you will, but it goes great for business. Just, it goes great for social media too. If you're on the internet and you don't like people being a fuck face to you, uh, maybe you don't be an asshole to them. You just, you try to always take the high road. You try to always just, you know, agree to disagree and move forward and, and be educational. There's people who are pissed off that I posted, you know, uh, support small business. They thought some reason I was like digging at schools and saying, Hey, you know, bars should be open, but schools shouldn't. That's not what I said. I, I don't, I'm, I'm in no position to make a call if schools or bars and anything else should be open. All I'm saying is you can support a small business because they need your help. I, I'm a big believer in kids, you know, getting education in school. I, I couldn't imagine what it'd be like if I was 10 years old and they said I had to stay home from school because my mom went to a job. And my dad drove a truck. Like, I would have been home solo. It'd be really tough to do. Um, but when people attack me on there, I'm not going to sit there and like get in some negative banter back and forth. I'm like, Hey, if that's what you took from my post, I'm sorry you took it that way. And we can agree to disagree. And I wish you the best. So the takeaway is just treat people the way you want to be treated and always take the high road if you can. And I know it's not easy, especially in a time when things are so polarizing, you know, either way, but I'm not going to vilify people if they have different beliefs than me. Um, if they like the Packers and I like the Vikings, so be it. If they think LeBron is better than Jordan, that's their right. If they like, you know, Biggie more than Tupac, whatever. Like we can agree to disagree. We can still be friends and listen to each other's ideas, but we can still treat each other the way that we want to be treated. Number two, get everybody rowing together. A leader sets the direction for an enterprise. The big problem comes when not everyone involved believes in or works towards that direction. I think you can see that happening today across the board. When you and your people all believe in and work towards the same goals, you've got a much greater chance of achieving them because you're all in this rowing in unison together. Imagine like a rowboat when you guys are all moving the same direction. If you guys are all going at different paces and different speeds and different directions, you'll be going in circles you know, at best, in the worst case, you capsize and you all drown and nobody wants that. And once you can all row in unison, it's that, you know, direction that outstrips the competition with ease, because you're just all gliding together. And that's why it's important for you as a leader, whether it be in a business or your household, to explain to your people, not only what goal you're trying to reach, but how and why behind that goal. I do this at my house with my wife all the time. Like, we're on the same team. I tell her all the time, like, I'm your only teammate, for better or for worse. I'm Jordan or Scotty. Whatever situation you want to look at it in, it's like, I'm your ride or die right now. Like, we're in a foxhole. Nobody else can help you but me. So what I try to do is establish a goal with her, which she's great at establishing the goals. But I'm more focused on the process and having her understand the how and why behind that goal. I have a great synergy here with my small staff as well. And the more a team understands your approach and the reason behind it, the more likely they'll end up being the biggest cheerleaders for you. And you'll cheer along with them. When everyone is rowing together, you're going to speed towards the destination. A shared vision is a powerful lever of success. 
A shared vision, my friends, is a powerful lever for success. So getting everybody on the same page is crucial and obviously easier said than done at times. Number three, catch people doing stuff right. And uh, before I dig in, I, I did this a lot. Um, my undergrad is in special education, for whether you guys uh, know that or not. Uh, so I went through kind of the, you know, the student teaching little phase of uh, in a special education classroom settings, uh, dealing with like IEPs and, and how they do that. And uh, respect all the teachers out there who do that, by the way. Um, it's a really, really tough job. I don't know how you do it day in and day out. I couldn't make it. Um, I got into it. Obviously, you're that far into your degree. You're, you're basically just like, you know, you're kind of screwed. Uh, you're, you're solidified. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, man, I'm not going to make no money, which I'm not a huge money guy, uh, but I got to make a little bit. And uh, I'm like, you guys don't make any money. And uh, you care way more about this than some of the parents do, which is really tough to see. I'm, uh, I'm not a fan of selling people on why they should give a shit about their own stuff uh, more than I should. That's why I don't sell people here. I simply present it to them, and if they want to do it, they do it. But the point I'm driving at is one of the things you learn um, in the education setting, or at least I did with the uh, uh, education uh, professors that I had, was two positives for a negative, right? When you're giving feedback to a kid, you can do it tactfully, and you can always do two positives for every negative. Or when you have to correct something, you can still give them two great pieces of positive advice in one piece of criticism to be constructive and help them you know, do things correctly moving forward. And I do that here with all of our people. Um, and again, we have different relationships here where I can bullshit with people and we can razz each other and joke. But I think if you can catch people doing something right, say it. And that goes for your husband or your wife. And anybody in your organization say, hey, thanks, you did a great job. Or, hey, I'm really proud of you, just randomly for no fucking reason. Or if you notice them making a change or doing something or any kind of incremental improvement. Some people have those personality types and they truly need it. Some people don't, but uh, it's helpful. And I try to do it with my wife. Uh, I'm probably not as good at it as, uh, as I could be. But when I find her doing stuff awesome, I try to remind her and tell her. She is a more of a personality type where she likes it. So sometimes I don't do it just to mess with her, um, which is probably not good either. But that's just kind of our relationship. But uh, I try to do always two positives for a negative. And I think you'll agree, like, it's a lot more common for uh, bosses to focus their energies on trying to catch people doing something wrong as opposed to doing something right. Coaches as well. And I think husbands and wives are guilty of this. Uh, I prefer to catch people doing something right if I can. And uh, not, not that I ignore the, the negative stuff or, or the things that are wrong, but I try to really highlight the positive. And I think, you know, you catch more flies with honey, you know, than vinegar, as the saying goes. And as a leader, you know, you have to accept the fact that when I hand off responsibility and I give a role to, let's say, Monica here, she's probably going to nail it 90 to 95% of the time. And uh, she's probably going to, you know, get it right, that particular assignment, 95% of the time. And most of what, you know, she's going to do here for this business is going to be spot on. But that other 5 to 10%, things are going to get messed up, they're going to be delayed, they're going to go wrong, and that's okay. And unfortunately, I do see a lot of, you know, business owners and coaches and leaders who just insist on shining a fucking spotlight on that 5 to 10% that goes wrong. And how much sense does that make? How is that going to make people feel? Not good is the answer. And I think we do this as as partners. Um, 
when you're in a marriage, I think for a certain amount of time, you tend to like nitpick at your husband or wife. I really don't try to do that of my wife. I can be critical of her at times for things because she's so smart and so talented. She can do better and it's more just to push her. Um, but I'm critical of her too. Uh, and I highlight some of the bad shit just like she does for me. And uh, we'll bag on my, you know, my clothes or my outfits or me leaving dishes around or whatever it is. Um, not highlighting all the awesome badass stuff I already did for the day, but just nitpicking at that 5%. And that pisses it off. And I think a lot of business owners do that. And I think a lot of people are guilty of that. And when you look right past the fact that like your husband or wife or an employee is doing almost everything right. And instead you obsess on trying to catch them doing things wrong. That's a bad look, man. It's a negative. It's an an oppressive outlook. And it's one that, uh, you know, it doesn't do anybody any good, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, I spent a lot of time in this business not really enjoying the wins as much as I should have. And I'm still guilty of it. I'm not great at celebrating wins. I'm not great at just stopping and uh, smelling the roses. Instead, uh, most of the time, the wins to me are just uh, kind of a relief and kind of just something I do. I just check off the box and I keep moving forward. And I'm slowly starting to realize that my attitude um, towards that is not only, you know, harmful to me, but the rest of my team and everybody else. If I can't really celebrate, you know, wins and enjoy them, then my team around me, whether it be my friends, my family, you know, the, the people on my staff here, um, they're not going to be able to enjoy it much either. And so as I get older here, um, with a little bit more experience under my belt, I'm uh, finally able to uh, to let go of what, you know, everybody around me does wrong. And I really embrace what they do right. And I try to just let the little shit just go. And I try not to uh, dwell on the little things that aren't perfect, because at the end of the day, none of us are perfect. And I know if uh, I was working for myself, I would be impressed with a lot. And then there'd be a lot of stuff I'd be irritated with too. And that's just, that's just human experience. And so I've learned that the only way to kind of, you know, reinforce confidence and create a culture of positive teamwork is to highlight the highs and not the lows. And that is a big turning point when you can get to there, when you can really start to reinforce this culture of highlighting the wins and not dwelling on all the losses. That's it. Like it's a game changer for you. And when someone succeeds, make sure they feel good about it. When somebody does a good job around you, make sure they feel good about it. When somebody does something that you're proud of and you're impressed with, let them know. Be loud, man, because there's enough negative noise out there and our brains are naturally wired to kind of seek out uh, the negativity and they're like on this negativity loop. So if you can be the two positives to their negative, I think you're going to create a pretty badass team and and a pretty amazing culture at that. And number four, do as you say lead from the front and be the standard that everybody holds themselves to, not just by what you say, but what you do. Words 
aren't worth a whole hell of a lot without a ton of action. And parents, in a way, are the ultimate leaders. Whether they realize it or not, whether they want to or not. And I believe, uh, I think Rachel Cruz is the first person I heard say this, more is caught than taught. I'm going to repeat that again. More is caught than taught. And I use, you know, my dad, and I use my mom as an example too, but I use my old man as an example because he's a man of a uh, few words. And uh, I'm sure he tried to give me a couple of nuggets of life lessons along the way. But, uh, and I'm sure I ignored him because I was a knucklehead, idiot, teenage dude, and I knew everything. Because when you're a dude and you're a teenager, you're a fucking genius and you think you know everything. Newsflash, you don't know shit. Um, but that's where I was, right? And so I don't remember a ton of great, you know, verbal tips um, other than telling me you can wish in one hand and you can shit in another to see which one fills up faster, which is actually a great piece of logical life advice uh, for hard work. But when I say more is caught than taught, seeing his work ethic um, clearly is rubbed off on me. Uh, I don't consciously do things because he has worked so hard and still does, but subconsciously, clearly I do. And you see those behaviors where he has this responsibility trend where he would do everything the responsible way. You know, hey, when you get paid, you pay your bills and you save some money, um, whatever you're set aside to save and whatever's left over, that's your fun money. Or some people look at their paycheck a different way. And it was like, well, your first responsibility is to go to work. And you do a really good job at work, and then you have free time. And then your good job is at home. You come, you mow the lawn, you shovel the driveway, you clean your room. You do these certain things, and then you get to go do the fun stuff. There always is the work first. And maybe he never said that directly, but you always saw it. You always saw him wake up early. You always saw him work his ass off. You always saw him do what he was supposed to do. And regardless of, you know, the life choices your parents make, they're not going to be perfect. But my old man never let us go without stuff. Like, always would sacrifice certain things so we could have things that he didn't have. And you see that. And so that's doing as, you know, they say. But really it's doing as they do. And a lot of those traits have been trickled down to me, the way that I budget finances, the way that I think about work, the way that I think about, you know, doing things for other people. I've shared the story a bunch of times where my, like, we lived in a neighborhood and a lot of people didn't have money. And uh, my old man would go mow our neighbor's lawns who didn't have lawnmowers or were too old to do it. He would go um, snowplow their driveways. Like, so we had a, he finally, like, we had a shovel for a long time, which is fucking terrible because we had a big ass driveway. And uh, eventually he got a snowblower. My dad would snowblow the driveway, but he would go snowblow our neighbor's driveway next door. And then our neighbors across the street. And he doesn't have to go do that. You know, nobody asked him. They, they, they could do it eventually, but he knew he was already out there working. He's like, fuck it, let me just help these guys out. It's the right thing to do. And never came in and told me. We just sat inside our lazy asses and watched him do it. And you see that now for me as an adult, I'm like, well, what can I do for our community and our people? And that's what I mean by being a leader. It's not just what you say. It's your actions every day. That's what your kids see. That's what your neighbors see. That's what everybody inside your business sees. That's what everybody on the internet sees if that's what you're putting out there. And my mom the same way. Like she never said, hey, Jeremy, go exercise. But I always played sports. My mom was always into exercising. 
And she never said, hey, go to the gym and work out. But you always saw her come home after work, change her clothes, and then go to the gym and lift. At some level, that has to seep into me. Like, well, fuck, maybe I should exercise. Maybe I should lift. Maybe I should work out. You know what I'm saying? Like, they don't have to say it to you. And that's why I say parents, in a way, are probably the ultimate leaders because they're showing you through their actions. Now, there's bad stuff, too, that they do. And you as a kid have to, you know, as you grow older, pick the things that are good, not the things that are bad. And you can go down a dangerous rabbit hole. So again, I'm not, a, I'm not telling you how to parent your kids. I don't know shit about it. I don't have any. But I can tell you from being a kid, seeing my parents, I chose to take the things that they did positively and leave the negative shit to the side. And I think if you look at an organization or a company, it works the same way. Monica is never going to work as hard as me. If I'm not here fucking dying, why is she going to come here and put in work and believe in something and show and get her ass up here at five in the morning? Yeah, we pay here for sure. But why is she going to, you know, put as much care into it as it's like her own if I'm not doing the same thing? You have to lead from the front. And as a kid, right, kids look up to parents and you learn how to behave and how to function in the world based on what your mom and dad do. Uh, it's a process that begins at birth. And so the impact of a mom and a dad, what they have on a young, impressionable mind is pretty extraordinary. And uh, in any leadership role, the same dynamic is in place. It, it's just on a smaller scale, obviously. And so if you aren't leading with integrity, if you aren't living the values you want your business to express, you can't blame your people for not doing it either. So the takeaway is lead from the front and lead by example. Don't just talk the talk. Walk the fucking walk, man. I mean, really do it. Demonstrate the qualities you want people to display and they'll pick up on them. You'll be amazed at what a standard you set for your entire business and organization and company just by keeping the standard for yourself. I believe it's the same for your household. You know, with with anything whom you know much is given much is expected right and it's a great responsibility to lead people it really is and uh, you'll all have it at some point whether it be at your house with your partner in some situation and scenarios as a parent as a boss as a manager as a teammate and so just know if you can lead from the front and if you can set standard for yourself, other people will follow it. We talked about it here today. I don't want to get off topic here before I let you guys go, but it's a problem with a lot of what is going on in America today. Again, I'm not a political person. I don't care what side of the fence that you're on. I'm a fan of if everybody's happy overall as a whole, let's do that and move forward. But when you see some of these the governors uh, putting out these crazy fucking restrictions and rules and then not following them themselves, and if I go, you know, be specific here, California is like the most shut down place on the planet. And then you have like, you know, the governor saying, don't go to restaurants. And if you do put your mask on in between every single bite and drink, don't eat inside, don't go in large gatherings, don't do these things. And yet... You see him go to a dinner party with a bunch of people inside, not wearing a mask, not socially distanced, doing all the fucking things he told you not to do, yet he's doing it. How, who wants to follow that? Who wants to follow a hypocrite? 
Who wants to say, hey, don't eat ice cream from the guy who's eating ice cream right in front of you? It doesn't make any sense. That's not what a leader does. That's terrible leadership. That's a fucking hypocrite. That is somebody that I would not follow, that I would not listen to personally, if you ask me. And I think if you want to be a leader who people really believe in, you have to set the standard yourself. If I'm in here, and Monica and I were talking about this today, that's why I bring up the the governor of California thing doing exactly what he told people not to do and then trying to lie about it, which is another terrible fucking quality, right, of leadership. It'd be like me coming in here saying, hey, guys, you know, eat, eat vegetables, exercise, do mobility. And yet I would just be eating Laffy Taffy's and pizza every day, not exercising. I'm 40 pounds overweight, telling people to do mobility, but I can't even touch my toes. That's not somebody you want to follow. That's not someone you can believe in. That's not someone you can listen to. You have to set the standard for yourself. And if you do that, you'll be amazed by what people do around you. If you can lead from the front, it's not from the back screaming orders. It's from the front leading the way. Because my friends, it is a great responsibility to lead people. So hopefully, these four tips can kind of help you guys become a better leader. Uh, Maybe lead your team. Maybe just set a better standard for the people around you and be the person that they look to. Is like, wow, that person is really doing it the way that I want to do it. Because I'm not a super vocal person. Uh, Oddly enough, the podcast is the most popular thing we do, and it's mostly just me rambling on, which is crazy. But I don't talk a lot here randomly. I don't say things just to say things. I'm not a rah-rah guy. I'm not an external cheerleader. I'm an internal enthusiasm person. But I feel I don't have to do a lot of clapping and unnecessary things here if I lead from the front. I always show up early. I'm always on time. I always try to program things here that are going to help these people. I'm always available to talk to them and speak to them. I'm always here to show exercise. I'm always going to be fit. I'm always going to be healthy. I'm always going to be able to do everything I ask them to do. I'm never going to be preaching to them shit that I wouldn't do myself. I don't believe in that. I don't believe that's what makes a great leader. So I'm always going to try to pump out the best, most educational things and things that I truly believe in myself that I do at my house that I know have helped me that hopefully can help them. Because I believe it's it's responsibility. It really is. And when you have influence and you have a voice and you know thousands and thousands of people are going to listen to you and watch you and hear you and see you, mean what you say and do what you say and don't be a hypocrite. Uh, That's my best advice for everybody. And again, I'm learning as I go along the way. But the one thing I do know is you can lead from the front and the standard you set for yourself. If you do that high enough, other people will see that and they'll gravitate towards it and they'll believe in what you say and they'll follow your mission and your business and anything that you choose to do in life. That goes for at home or at work or anywhere in between. So hopefully you guys enjoyed that. I didn't mean to get too much off topic and ramble on and rant about things, but I just, I see a lot of stuff now and I really try not to, but people send me videos and clips of of things that are going on and a lot of it I just don't... uh, I don't agree with for sure. And I think leadership is a real important quality and you see when it's lacking and you see when people are doing a really poor job. And again, I don't have an answer for everything, but I just know 
if you want people to listen to you and follow along, you have to really do it yourself and you have to set a really high standard. And that, those are the people I choose to believe in. The people who get up early and work hard and are honest and, and have everybody else's best interest, you know, in the front of their minds when they're doing things. And so hopefully you guys took that from this. So uh, again, reminder, this podcast is brought to you by my homies over at Beam CBD, beamtlc.com. The code is Jeremy Scott at checkout, always 20% off. Uh, if you guys want to try the Dream products, I'm happy to have Monica send you a pack right to your front door. You can take it. I take it every night before I go to bed. helps me stay asleep and not wake up, you know, thinking about stupid shit that's going on in the world. So it's been helpful. I like the tincture as well. My wife likes the balm. And uh, I believe they're going to have a Black Friday sale, too, on November the 27th, which we will send out in our newsletter. If you're not in their newsletter, uh, hit me up, and I'll add you guys to the list. And again, thank you guys for watching on YouTube. Again, make sure you guys are subscribed to the YouTube channel. There's like 1,300 videos on there. We're loading most of these podcasts, too, usually a little bit behind, but we're always loading them. So be on the lookout for that. And if you guys have any other questions for me, hit me up. I'm either going to be back on the podcast tomorrow or Sunday. I actually have a, uh, a hormone physician. I think he's an ER doctor by trade. And then he started a hormone company on the side of it. So he's going to come on the podcast on Sunday. So we'll talk about hormones, what they do in the body, how they can help you, men, women, everything in between, hormone replacement, and all that fun stuff. So be on the lookout. So thank you, guys. I appreciate you. If you need anything from me, Please, as always, reach out. And if you happen to be on iTunes right now, stop. Don't be a lazy ass. Go to your podcast app right now. Scroll your finger all the way down. Drop me a five star and leave a couple comments if you can. I truly would appreciate it. And as always, share this with a friend or family member or a small business owner or somebody who's an entrepreneur and wants to kind of do their own thing. I think this could help uh, go a long way with uh, getting them on the right track or at least not making the same mistakes that uh, that I made early on. Uh, in my journey here. So I appreciate you guys. Until next time, eat well, train hard, be nice to people, and please keep doing shit you love with people you enjoy because your life is too short not to. I'll talk to you guys soon. Peace.